Please open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And as you were doing that, let me remind the ladies present that at 1130 uh, this morning there is going to be a women's lunch outside in the grassy area. May the Lord bless you all as you fellowship together there. Colossians chapter 2, as we continue through our study of this wonderful portion of God's Word, we're going to pick up our reading in verse 8 down through verse 10. Colossians chapter 2, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy. By that word philosophy, Paul is referring to any worldly uh, view of life that leaves God out of the equation, God out of the picture. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in Him who is the head of all rule and authority. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you please be with us in these next moments to speak to us. And Lord, even as we have heard prayer for uh, justice, from the womb to the tomb. Lord, my heart is pulled in the direction of our uh, Haitian brothers and sisters who are currently in this moment this week going through a great turmoil in their land. Would it be that your church, that our brothers and sisters would experience mercy and justice and righteousness in their lives? Please be with them. Lord, even as our brother has prayed, it, is, it comes to mind that there, uh, there is great need everywhere. And Lord, as we think about that and then direct our minds to this text, we realize that the ultimate need, that for which all of us most deeply crave, is to be filled up with your fullness, to experience the fullness of what it means to be in Christ. Would you please, O oh Lord, grant us to see the things we need to see. In Jesus' name, amen. I commend all of you for braving the warm weather here today, and the doors are open, and the windows are open, and the fans are blowing, and it's still warm in here. Uh, but you're still here, so I commend you, and may God give us grace in these next moments together. I want us to skim over the text uh, that we just read and uh, just see uh, the general flow of the text, and then go back and look a little 
deeper. So as we look at Colossians 2, beginning in verse 8, we see first of all that Paul warns us not to volunteer to be slaves. That's what the beginning of verse 8 is about. See to it, watch out, be careful that no one takes you captive. And the word that Paul uses implies captive as slaves. See to it. Watch out. Can you put it on your ear? Oh. Is that the problem? <laughs> Thank you, Stevie. <laughs> what would we do without Stevie and Kimmy is a question I often ask. <laughs> Oh, mercy. Where was I? Let's see. So Paul warns us, verse 8, not to volunteer to be slaves. And then he tells us what it is that will enslave us if we let it. Verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive as a slave by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Philosophy and empty deceit that are based in human tradition and elemental spirits of this world, a very strange Bible phrase there which nobody quite understands what it means, but it may well refer either to demonically inspired ideas uh, that are in the world. Uh, it may be that, or it just may be the kind of ABC aspects of religion and idolatry that are all over the world. Paul says, beware, watch out, don't become slaves to these things. And then third, he tells us why it doesn't make any sense to become slaves to these things. Verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ, for in Him, in Him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in Him who is the head of all rule and authority. So in short, what is Paul saying to us here? He is saying, watch out. Watch out against any idea or belief that does not fill you up with more of Christ. Watch out for any idea or belief that does not fill you up with more of Christ. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul is warning us. He is saying, beware, see to it, open your eyes, watch out. There are teachings and there are ideas that are ready to enslave you. They are ready to put you into bondage. Keep your eyes open and your heart on guard and your mind vigilant because those ideas are everywhere. And they are of human tradition, man-made. They are following demonic spirits and are not the fullness of Christ. Christ offers Himself 
to fill us. Over the last couple of weeks, we've had the joy of studying this book of Scripture. And in chapter 1, we have, we have seen who Christ is. And, and last week I said he, he is, in summary, the eternal, never born or created, beloved Son of God. He is the Redeemer who has obtained the forgiveness of our sins through the atoning of His blood. He is the perfect image and manifestation of the invisible God. He is the highest ranking being in all of creation. He is the one by whom and through whom and for whom all things are created. He is the one who holds all things together in all the galaxies. He's the head of the church. He's the beginning of all that is. He is the firstborn from the dead. He will lead many more into everlasting life. In Him, all that God is dwells. He's the one that's going to put everything back together. And in Him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Does that sound familiar? That was last week's message. I said all of that last week, word for word, just like that. And I am not ashamed to say that I repeated myself. Because there are some things worth repeating. Who is Jesus in all of His fullness and in all of His glory? It is essential that we know that so that we stand guard against any idea, any philosophy, any ideology, anything out there that in any way distracts us from Christ. He must be our all. And you may ask, well, Tim, what are, what are some of these ideas and these ideologies and these philosophies out there that are maybe threatening us, that we need to be on guard for? Can I, can I give you a handful of them? One of them is, is materialism. We know that term, right? Materialism refers in ordinary usage. It refers to a commitment to money and what money buys. It's the idea that the only thing that matters is matter. Stuff I can hold on to and I can buy with money. Now there's a philosophical view of materialism that says that matter is the only thing that is. There's nothing beyond matter. This is behind evolution and other ideas where they deny the existence of a Creator God and, and all that is is matter. What you can hold on to or knock on or, or, or enjoy and that's a philosophy out there. And it's everywhere, isn't it? It's everywhere. Then there's hedonism, you know that, right? Hedonism is the love of pleasure and the love uh, and devotion to and also almost worship of pleasure. And there's narcissism where people worship themselves. And there's all kinds of isms that are out there. And Paul says to us, watch out. Watch out against any of those isms that do not fill you up with more of Christ. Don't let yourself be enslaved to that which is not according to Christ. Paul says, see to it, verse 8, that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For 
in Him, in Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you, brothers and sisters in Christ, you who have come to faith in Christ, you have been filled in Him. You have been filled up and fulfilled and completed in Him who is the head of all rule and authority. What Paul is saying is why, why in the world would we look anywhere else for fullness and filling when all that we have and all that we need can be found in Christ Himself. Why would anyone yield their lives to any other idea, any other philosophy that is not full of Christ, who is the whole fullness of God? There is mystery in this, isn't there? It's, what, what, what does it mean that we are filled up with the fullness of God? How do you, how do you even picture this? Is this... It just, it's an idea that is um, bigger than us. I like the illustration that uh, one commentator used that um, may be helpful for us as, as Christians as we think on this, and that is that when we come to Christ and experience Him, um, it's kind of like taking a little tiny pint-sized jar to the ocean and having a wave come in and stick that jar in the water and it fills up. It fills up. And yet there's the vastness of the ocean that's still out there. We who are empty vessels in ourselves, we who are little pint-sized jars or half pints, we have been filled up from the vast ocean of who Christ is. And as I study out this in the book of Colossians, I have come to realize that one of the, one of the key themes in the book of Colossians is fullness. I, w- I want you to just track this with me. There, there is an emphasis on this fullness and this filling and this experience of the fullness and the, you might say, the allness of Christ. Follow with me in your, in your Bibles. Colossians 1 and verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glory might for all endurance and that is to say and all patience with joy verse 15 he is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things hold together and he is the head of the body the church he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in everything 
everything he might be preeminent for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of the cross chapter 2 and verse 1 for I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the riches of the full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery which is in Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Verse 9, For in Him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in Him who is the head of all rule and authority. Verse 13, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Chapter 3 and verse 8, But now... You must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Verse 11, here, that is, here in the church, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. He is all. And he is in all. Do you see the emphasis in this book on the allness of Christ, the fullness of Christ? He is filling us up. This is what it means to be filled with Christ. He is giving us all wisdom and understanding and fruitfulness and power and might and endurance and patience and full assurance of understanding and knowledge. All of this is in Jesus. All of this is in Him. And He is pouring it into us. As I reflected on this this week, I thought of my own life, if I could get very personal here for a few minutes. Um, I was thinking back to when I was uh, 14 years old. Any 14-year-olds here? Okay, I see one or two. I was thinking back to when I was 14, and I was not a believer at that time. In fact, I was heart set against God and against Christ. I didn't believe in God. I didn't want to believe in God. I wanted sin and I snuck it every single chance I had. Then when I was 15, someone gave me a book that made me rethink the reality of God, that made me ponder again the fact that He really does exist. And that the God of the Bible is in fact the one true God of heaven and earth. And in that moment, that empty vessel that I was began to be filled up with Christ. And I'm not saying that I'm a person who is always full and always happy and always cheerful and always encouraged and always moving forward and always full of faith. I'm not at all, but I'm here to tell you I'm here to tell you that apart from Christ, I'm nothing but a hollow, emptied out 
creature. There's, there's nothing inside of me without Jesus. And if there's anything good <laughs> that has ever come out of my life, it is because of the fullness of Christ in me. And we could go around this room and we could hear stories of one person after another who remembers the day when they were empty, when they were hollowed out, when they sensed the, the, the emptiness and the futility of life. We go around this room and hear their stories of how they came to faith in Christ and in that moment, fullness began to happen in them. And that refilling happens day after day in our lives. I would not want to live one second on planet Earth without having Christ's fullness in my life. And I know, as I say, there are testimonies of that all around this room. If you're here today, if you're here and you know right now the hollowness of your own heart. You know how empty it is. I'm here to tell you there is one who is himself the whole fullness of God. He is God in a body who is ready when you ask him, is ready to pour out his fullness into your life. Is that you? Is that where you're at? I promise you, more importantly, God promises you that if you will come to Christ, you will receive of that fullness day after day after day after day. Don't, don't walk home as empty as you came. Go home a new creation. Go home somebody who has experienced and tasted the goodness of God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And He is that one who alone satisfies the yearning of our heart. People have a choice. They can opt for the philosophies and the ideas and the ideologies of this world, but they're going to find out sooner or later that that's just a mud puddle from which they're trying to get a little bit of water. Or you can opt for the one who is an ocean a vast ocean of love and goodness and glory. Which one will you choose? Which one will you choose? And can I leave you with a bit of a warning for those of you who have received Christ? Remember Paul's writing to Christians here in Colossians. These are believers. And he has to remind them See to it. Watch out. Don't let anyone take you captive. Don't let any philosophy or idea or ideology or ism of any sort, don't let any of those take you captive. They will enslave you. Watch out. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. Guard your thoughts. And in the words of Paul elsewhere, take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Brothers and sisters, will you do that this week? Will you do that? Guard your heart. The enemy knows. He knows those little openings you give him. 
He knows those little windows that are open where he can, he can sneak in. Guard your heart. Guard your thoughts. Guard your mind. And keep in mind that the fullness of God in Jesus Christ has been and is being poured into you uh, and will be forever and ever. Those are the choices and that's the warning that Paul gives to us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we we ask you in this moment to Give grace to those who came in as empty vessels that need to be filled. Those that need Jesus in the fullness of who he is. Would you please bring life-giving fullness to all of us. And if there are any here, Lord, who have gotten careless or lazy in their faith, who have begun to dabble in things that are not full of Christ and commit to things that are not according to Christ, oh Lord, would you please awaken all of us to the dangers that are around us and help us to guard our minds. And may the fullness of Christ Delight every one of us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. As a, as a word of encouragement for households, I would want to encourage you to, to talk together. As husbands, wives, fathers, mothers. Talk together about those isms that maybe are somehow sneaking into your household, into your TV watching or your movie watching or whatever other watching and indulging that you do, be talking to each other and saying, hey, I'm not sure this is edifying and encouraging. Is this drawing us away or is this drawing us near to the ocean of God's blessing and God's grace? As households, please do that. And uh, if in fellowship and in walking with each other, just encourage each other to guard your mind, guard your thoughts. For, for we, need, we need Christ, and we need Christ alone. All else is sinking sand. On Christ alone we stand. Let's sing that now as a commitment of our own hearts as we enter into this week. Stand together.
Jesus Christ, you are our rock. You are our anchor. You are our fullness. Lord Jesus, there aren't enough words and there aren't enough metaphors and figures of speech to capture everything that you are. But this we know that you are ours and we are yours. And from your fullness, we have received grace upon grace. And so as we draw this moment of congregational worship to a close, we pray that grace upon grace, upon grace, upon grace, 
will flow into every heart without ceasing. And may your love, your love satisfy us and turn our hearts away from everything else. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.